For those of you looking at the screen, and sorry if you can't hear, I'll, I'll show you real quick. Online people. Kind of see it a little bit. Anyway, totally stealing dark side of the moon. So what's on the screen is the second working title of this series and subsequently what was supposed to be the second, it was the second working title of this sermon to introduce the series as well, Many Lives, One Church. And that was the working title a couple of months ago, and the more I looked at it, it was just like it, it, it communicates, but not quite. It doesn't quite capture what I'm going for during these two months, and we'll unpack more of this in an email tomorrow and next week as well. But... It wasn't quite there. The original working title was just going to be the title of the book that inspired this series where we're going to explore together these different worldviews that we all have in the church and we don't even realize it. You know, this, sometimes you're operating from these ways of thinking and we don't realize it. So the, the original title of the book and the series was going to be Theological Worlds. And I realized one day, sitting in my office, looking at this and really working on this series, back in November, uh, that was this is a church series, not a seminary series. This is in a theological graduate school, and I thought, nah, that uh, that that title has all the pizzazz of a glass of water left out overnight on the coffee table. Just like, ugh. Then capture it, and so finally settled on this morning, and this is the one that's on the newsletter, uh, and so we, we settled on many parts, one body. And the reason that we went there for this series and to open this sermon uh, is because of some of the language of 1 Corinthians 12 that Paul read a moment ago and that we've been in for a little while, just to communicate that we, as the body of Christ, as a church, as this one particular church body, this one particular community of faith, we have all these parts that make up one body. And I realized that in thinking about as I was coming to faith in my teenage years and in my 20s, this was a notion that I heard more back then than I hear now. And I realized that since I'm oftentimes the spokesman, that the real, the real truth is the reason I haven't heard it very much is because I haven't been saying it. And so I want to say it. I want to just say out loud, at the beginning of this series, the notion of we're one body, we're one group of people made up of many parts. Now, this is a harder sell in 2022 than it was in the 1990s or in the 1950s or in the 18, you know, whatever. Because the many parts part seems to be a part of culture these days. It's the one body part that's lacking. You know what I mean? With many parts. We get that. But this one body. And I think that it rests on the shoulders of the church 
meaning the universal church, and every community of faith, like the one that we have here, to start saying and to keep saying, one body. Many parts, one body. We are one body. Even the way things look these days, we are one body. We're going to open this series rather than explaining the five theological worlds out of Jones's Theological Worlds book. We could open the series that way. I'm going to do that actually via email tomorrow. Instead, I want to open this series not from the worlds themselves, but from a little bit different angle, uh, more by way of illustration. So let's pray. God, you have created us and keep creating us in the image and likeness of Christ. We think a lot of times that we know what that means, and sometimes we at least catch glimpses of what that might mean, but we also admit to you and to one another this morning that sometimes our perspectives can be rather limited. And so, as daring as it might sound, we ask that you will open us up a bit, open our minds, open our hearts, open our worlds, Let us be open to one another. Help us to listen to one another. Help us to experience one another's lives and everything that that may bring. As we experience you, as we submit our lives to you, and as by faith we keep walking. We put our lives, we put this body, we put everything before you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Stephanie grew up Southern Baptist in East Texas, which is just another way of saying that she grew up in East Texas. Her family was conservative through and through in every way you can imagine. Money, politics, religion the way she dressed. Deep down, Stephanie loved her church and loved walking with Jesus. She loved to pray and to sometimes just think about God in her life. During her senior year of high school, she got a scholarship to Columbia in New York City, and her world opened up. It changed. It expanded the way your world expands anytime you step into another world. And it was at Columbia that she met a young man named Andre, and they fell in love. Andre wanted to know God, having grown up in the former Soviet Union, where his parents and grandparents did not have so much access to God. But Andre knew God was there. Andre knew God was with him. He could feel it. As a teenager just outside of Moscow, his experience in the Russian Orthodox Church grew. And he thrived in his walk with Jesus. But Andre, too, found himself 
far from home on his scholarship in New York City. Stephanie grew up going to Christian bookstores, little decorations in her room with Bible verses printed in cute fonts. Andre grew up understanding everything that had to do with God was connected to his church and its traditions. And although Stephanie and Andre grew up in different worlds, they had more in common than you might think. When they met, they talked about God. Sometimes they argued. Stephanie used phrases like, personal relationship with Jesus, and devotional time, while Andre used other words like, the church teaches us, and my family's saint holidays. Over time, Stephanie grew to appreciate Andre's perspectives. She grew and learned, all while listening to the ways that Andre connected his faith to a long tradition of those who went before him. But you know what else happened? Andre grew too. His perspectives broadened, and he grew closer to God on his own journey when he saw that Stephanie just wanted to know Jesus. These are the kinds of conversations Stephanie and Andre had that made them realize that their lives were richer together than apart. So, they told each other stories about their faith. One time when Andre was at church growing up back home in Russia, a particular idea from the Bible grabbed his attention, one that Stephanie was not sure she had ever heard before. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This little idea from Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And Stephanie figured she'd never heard that before. Andre had. He loved the idea. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He could actually taste incense during worship, not to mention the rich wine and the homemade bread of the Eucharist. But all that was new to Stephanie. But then Stephanie told Andre about a time when she was sitting at church on Sunday morning and she heard something that connected her on a level that she still does not completely understand, but she heard this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, from Deuteronomy 6, also called the Shema, which is a Hebrew word for hear. Hear, listen, take in through your ears and let it into your heart. Not just that the Lord is one, but that you are actually hearing the Lord. Hear. O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And Andre listened carefully to Stephanie as she talked about hearing the Lord. He heard her. 
feeling God's presence as she talked about hearing. And she heard. All of that took Andre right back to the taste of God, but also something that goes right along with it. Andre was at his uncle's funeral the year before he came to Columbia. Andre's uncle was not exactly religious, but still considered himself a Christian, proudly Russian Orthodox. At the funeral, they burned incense and candles, and the priests talked about the aromas of God and the aromas of the saints that would carry Andre's uncle to heaven. The aroma of Andre's uncle's spirit drifting up to heaven like smoke. Revelation 5.8 And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, that idea was new to Stephanie. But then together, as they started reading the Bible together, they found this from 2 Corinthians 2.15. For we are the aroma of Christ. To God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And then right along these lines, there's this little word, this little Greek word that appears all over the New Testament. It's the word doxa, where we get the word doxology. We think the word means glory. Think about doxology as literally meaning words of glory. As in, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. But in ancient times, doxo was connected to the aroma of God. We breathe in the glory of the Lord like a strong, fragrant smell that just blows you away. And Andre knew this one well. About a month later, Stephanie was listening to Christian contemporary music in her dorm room at Columbia, trying to ward off some homesickness. It still got to her from time to time. The song sang about the Lamb of God. So she looked up passages which led her to the opening of the Gospel of John and a simple little directive from John 1 to come and see. The next day, John, again, was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. So they came and saw where he was staying. Jesus said, come and see. So they came and saw 
see. So simple to see Jesus' invitation, even today. Come and see. Come and see. This is what Stephanie and Andre were doing as their faith started to merge and as it started to grow. To come and see. And then, about six months later, after Andre and Stephanie met, fell in love, and were spending a lot of time together, they were visiting a bunch of different denominations trying to find some common ground between the two of them. But it was at a simple, family-sized church in Manhattan where they heard something. When they heard it, they both looked at each other, knowing at that moment that they had found common ground. It was on Easter Sunday. There's no pageantry, anything that even looked all that churchy. Instead, it was a reading of a passage from Luke 24 about the disciples coming into contact with Jesus after He raised from the dead when they heard, saw, ate, and touched. From Luke 24. While they were talking about this, Jesus Himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. It was eye-opening to both Stephanie and Andre, to realize that much of the language of God in Scripture is connected to the five senses. We limit ourselves from the full experience of God, of the world, and of one another, but like the five senses, there are worldviews we operate from all the time whether we realize it or not. Over the next two months here at Bering, we're going to explore an idea from Paul Jones, a book called Theological Worlds. But in his book, he details how each one of us operates from at least one of five perspectives about God, the world, the way God works in the world, the way we relate to each other, and more on those beginning next week, and the email we'll send out tomorrow. It also has a quiz if you want to take it and find out what your theological world is. I know some of you are into such things, so it's, it's really fun and, and terribly confusing. So take it, look at it, we'll get back to it next week. Uh, for example, if you tend to view God and life and yourself through what Jones calls World One, 
you tend to view everything through what he calls separation and reunion. As though we are separated from God by sin and the world. And God's work in Jesus is about creating this reunion. Think of uh, the, the parable of the prodigal sons and the father. That's the whole separation and reunion thing, right? And some of you are nodding your heads like, oh, yeah, I like that one. Y'all are probably world one, the ones who are nodding your heads. Some of you that are listening to it are like, yeah, yeah, I like that. You're probably not world one. But this is what happens. What happens in the life of a church is that some, and I know, maybe you just felt it just then. I, I feel it sometimes when I'm sitting in a church and some of the people are nodding their heads yeah, and amening. And I'm looking at them thinking, I wouldn't amen that. Or no, that's not quite me. Or I like that, but uh, there's, there's something else. That's what these two months are going to be about. Is maybe I appreciate you know, your theological world, your many parts. We are one body. That's why we're going to spend time in this. Because like Stephanie and Andre, who learned more about God just from experiencing God through their five senses, a congregation like ours can learn from one another's perspectives, even if we don't see eye to eye on how God works in the world to bring about salvation. It's not that your view of God is better. But rather, like the senses, we can experience more of God and one another fully through each other's understandings far more than I could do on my own. Ultimately, the goal of these two months at Bearing is to further unify us so that when we stand in the name of Jesus, we stand together. As we stand, let us inhale the glory of the Lord. So come today. Come and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The smell of God. The voice of God. Most of what we talk about when it comes to God is related to what we can see. Have you ever thought about that? Listen to us as we talk about God. Most of the stuff we talk about with God is related to what we see, which is kind of interesting considering that one of the things that we don't know about God is what God looks like. So why do we limit ourselves to just seeing language when there's so much more? So here, come and taste. Let God fill your senses. Maybe. Your life is filled with conflict. Jesus brings peace. If you feel empty, let God fill you. If you are suffering, endure with God and one another here in this place. More to come. Amen.